We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. You're seeing it everywhere. A clenched fist upraised as a symbol of equality, of justice. Black Lives Matter, Juneteenth, Occupy Wall Street, the 99%, the symbol is ubiquitous. In fact, if you tweet, Hashtag Juneteenth, it even comes up automatically. What does this symbol mean? I'll answer this question and more. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. The topic for the day is the raised fist. You see it everywhere. You're seeing it when you hashtag Juneteenth, for example. The raised fist at Black Lives Matter rallies. A raised fist of justice and equality. A raised fist for the 99%. It's the raised fist that, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I've seen this before. I've seen it years ago. I saw it in the 1960s. Did I even see it before then? Does this symbol have a history, and does it have an intended meaning? The answer to those two questions, history and meaning, is yes. This symbol has been around for a long time. In fact, it's been pervasive. And yes, it does have an intended meaning. And that's the topic of today's show. I'm going to go back and share with you the history and the meaning of the raised fist, the clenched fist, and what it's intended to convey. Before we get into that, however... Remember that if you would like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And don't forget my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. And as you know, it can be purchased at any online bookstore. Take an early break today. And when I get back, we'll spend the entire rest of the show on this issue of the raised, clenched fist and its history and what it really means. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. You should probably understand that the context for my commentary today goes back to a Facebook exchange I've had over the last couple days because I recently noticed that a Christian college had tweeted a positive comment about Juneteenth, which is fine, that's their business. But when they hashtagged Juneteenth, there was an emoji with that hashtag that was the uprised clenched fist, and it actually had colorized rainbow fingers on that fist. Well, seeing that symbol, I was indignant, and I criticized it. And as you can imagine, that uh, engendered a lot of response and a lot of commentary, some of it positive and some of it critical of me. That's irrelevant. That doesn't matter. 
Why did I have a problem with that uprise clenched fist? Well, I'm going to explain the history of the symbol itself in the minutes that are going to follow, but it also had colorized the fingers of that fist in rainbow colors, as I've just said. Well, that should catch everybody's attention if you're a Christian or if you're a conservative as being problematic. By the way, when I brought this to the attention of everybody, the university responded by saying, well, we didn't even know the emoji was in that tweet. Twitter actually adds that emoji automatically when you hashtag Juneteenth. Now, I went and actually tested this by creating a tweet of my own with a hashtag, Juneteenth in it, and indeed, Twitter does add that emoji without you doing it yourself. The problem, by the way, I have with the university's explanation is you see that immediately when you hashtag Juneteenth. The emoji is added right there as you're typing. So how could you be oblivious to that? How could you be unaware that what you're producing and what you're going to post includes that upraised fist with rainbow-colored fingers? Now, different story for a different time, perhaps. But this all led to the debate over that symbol. What does that symbol represent? Well, the rainbow colors seem obvious. It represents LGBTQIA plus equality. That's what it represents. So an upraised fist in rainbow colors clearly is representing the gay and lesbian and the trans agenda. And you know that I have a problem with that because that agenda inaccurately defines the human being, dumbs down the human being to nothing but the sum total of our inclinations, that the human identity is nothing more than what you are inclined to do. And I have great issue with that. You've heard me talk about it a thousand times over. And Christian colleges of all places should understand what I'm saying right now. And any Christian college posting anything in rainbow colors has lost their mind and sold their soul, in my mind. Well, again, the Christian college that I'm talking about right now responded and said, we didn't know. But again, when I went out and tested their explanation and hashtagged Juneteenth, yes, their explanation was accurate in that Twitter adds that emoji automatically, but you see it as you're typing, it pops up right in front of your eyes. So why would you choose to click send once you've seen that emoji added to your tweet? Good question, huh? So what does the fist actually mean? What does it mean? I'm taking a lot of my information today for this particular show from an article written in the New American back in 2015. It's actually titled, The Communist Pedigree of the Clenched Fist Salute. Now, if you're listening to my to me right now and you and you're starting to roll your eyes because you think the new american is a too is too conservative um, as a source please stop it stop shooting the messenger and start attending to the message i don't care what you think of the new american and i don't care what you think of me is the information being shared accurate or not that's the question so attend to the message Listen to the message and stop shooting the messenger before he he even has a chance to speak. That's crazy. 
That's a Socratic fallacy. It's actually, as you know, called an ad hominem, where you attack the person rather than attending to the message. So stop it. All right, you've seen the clench fist. You've seen it in Ferguson, Missouri, um, in the protests following uh, the death of Michael Brown. You've seen it in protests, the clenched fist raised at a protest for Black Lives Matter and the new Black Panther Party movement, the Communist Party of the United States of America. They raised the clenched fist. This is all a fact. So you see protesters with their fists raised in the air, and they're being photographed and they're put on display across the nation. This is pervasive. You can't listen to the news or watch the news or read about the news today without seeing the clenched fist. And that's self-evident by virtue of Twitter adding it automatically if you hashtag Juneteenth right now. So Black Lives Matter, 99%. You see it pervasively in every corner of the news. Now, where did it come from? Well, if you read this article, it explains why you think when you see this particular symbol that I've seen this a lot. I've seen it around. It just didn't rise up during the BLM movement. I think I saw it before that. What did it represent before BLM? What did it represent before defund the police? What did it represent before the celebration of Juneteenth? What does this upraised fist actually represent? Forget the rainbow colors. We know what that represents, but what does the fist itself represent before Occupy Wall Street? Even before the Communist Party USA? Even before uh, the Student Democrat Society and all of that stuff of the 1960s? What did this represent? Well, in this article, it's pointed out that a Sapian language is used by communist instigators. And what is a Sapian language? I'll spell a Sapian for you. It's like Aesop, Aesop's Fables, A-E-S-O-P-I-A-N, a Sapian language. Well, a Sapian language allows its authors to propagate a specific message that's understood by their adherents, but unbeknownst to others around them, they don't even know what the language means. So the unsuspecting average person doesn't know what's meant by this coded language. That's essentially what a Sapian language is. Webster's Dictionary defines a Sapian language as only understood by those indoctrinated in the verbiage. It also goes on and says, a Sapian language conveys an innocent meaning to the outsider, but a hidden meaning to a member of a conspiracy or underground movement. Now, that's Webster's. That's not a conservative source. That's what they say a Sapian language means. I'm going to read it again. It conveys an innocent meaning to an outsider, but a hidden message to a member of the movement. So a, a Sapian language was used overtly and clearly and intentionally by Lenin and others in the initial stages of the Marxist movement. Okay, here is 
an admission of that from even pro-Marxist individuals, as well as those investigating it on behalf of the United States Senate. In a report titled Wordsmanship, Semantics as a Communist Weapon, prepared for the United States Senate in 1961, a man by the name of Stefan Posny, the Hoover Institution's Director of International Studies, he traces the use of the raised fist and this practice of Asapian language and symbolism back to Vladimir Lenin and the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. Here's what the report actually says under Pozny's um, authorship. He, meaning Lenin, masked communism. And instead of using the taboo words like revolution, he talked about reform. And he also used other Asapian equivalents, such as this. Dictatorship of the proletariat grew into democracy. Expropriation was transformed into planning. Revolution was camouflaged as liberation. Is this all starting to sound familiar right now? The party became the people or the peace movement. And communism was disguised as, get ready for this, anti-colonialism, anti-imperialism, and anti-fascism. Does this sound exactly like what you're hearing in the cancel culture, in the Black Lives Matter movement, in the defunding the police movement, and in the protests and the riots from Kenosha, Wisconsin, to San Francisco, to Baltimore, to Washington, D.C.? Does this sound exactly like what you're hearing out of Ilian Omar's mouth in AOC's? Well, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, for that matter. Does this language sound familiar? Yes, it does, and it should alarm you. It should alarm you for a variety of different reasons. In another book titled Double Talk, The Language of Communism, an author by the name of Harry Hodgkinson writes this, The language of communism is not so much a means of explaining to an unbeliever what communism means, but an armory of weapons and tools intended to produce support or dissolve opposition. The meaning of a communist word is not what you think it says, but what effect it is intended to produce. Close quote. I'm going to read that one again. The meaning of a communist word, I'm going to insert or symbol here. The meaning of a communist word or symbol is not what you think it says, but what effect it is intended to produce. This is coded language. This is a Sapian language and communication. They use well-known symbols and hand gestures and words that are understood by those that are informed within the movement, but the useful idiots that aren't in the movement have no clue what those symbols and words mean. And they get these useful idiots to start parroting these words and employing these symbols in a manner that essentially breaks down the barriers of that culture and brainwashes the entire culture to adopt the movement because they've been using the symbols for decades. This is the nature of the rainbow flag. This is the nature of the clenched fist. It has a history, it has a meaning, and it has a purpose. And it's not what you as an innocent bystander think it means. 
And you or I or your kids or your college will start using this stuff. And you may not even have nefarious intents when you do. You may be buying the lie. You may have been imbibing the Kool-Aid. And you may think that you're doing something good. Standing in allegiance and alliance and in partnership with those that have been disenfranchised. That's a good thing. That's a biblical thing. You should reach out for those who are poor and reach out for those who have been subject to abuse. You should, for example, do what my church did, and that is you should stand for abolition. You should stand for the dignity of every human being. That's why I continue to speak for the Imago Day, and I continue to say that these people that are raising a clenched fist, that are waving a rainbow-colored flag, are dumbing down the definition of who we are. They're not elevating the definition of who we are. They're not um, engendering unity. They're fomenting diversity and division. That's why I continue to do this, because the goodness of unity, the goodness of humanity, the goodness of the Imago Dei is worth defending. And all of these symbols and all of this language and all of these movements actually end up pitting us against each other. And guess what? They lead to death rather than life. Those who embraced Marxism, such as Vladimir Lenin and Mao Zedong, ended up murdering approximately 100 million people. And that's a fact. Don't roll your eyes at that. Don't say that's an exaggeration. Communism, under their banners of clenched fists, ended up killing over 100 million people over the last century. And we need to acknowledge that worldviews make a difference. Ideas have consequences. And these ideas that they're hiding behind, their fists and their rainbow flags and their talk of equality and justice and fairness for all, all of this is Asapian language, and it's disguising the real agenda. It's disguising the agenda of creating conflict for the sake of gaining power. That's really what it's all about. That is really what it's all about. So, anyway, back to the history of this raised fist. I've got a few minutes left, and I want to make sure that the point is well made. I think I've already made it, but let's double down and make the point again. So in communist Russia, the Bolsheviks used the clenched fist as their official salute. They did. Okay, so in 1917, after the October Revolution, the Bolsheviks, under the guise of the proletariat, used the clenched fist as their official symbol. It was also used in Great Britain at the time, in the proletarian, which was the official newspaper of the Communist Party of Great Britain. They said this, quote, The raised, clenched fist, first known as the Red Salute, was used as a greeting by Bolsheviks in the Soviet Red Army. Can you get any more clear than that? So this didn't originate with BLM. It didn't even originate with the Black Power Movement or the Black Panthers. The origin of this raised fist goes back to Vladimir Lenin. It goes back to Karl Marx. It's their symbol of choice for the official Communist Party. More on this. In Red China in 1927, the Chinese Civil War, Mao Zedong rose. He was a student of Marxist-Leninism. He was trained in Moscow. He organized the People's Liberation Army and the PLA 
forces won, as you know, in 1949. And what did they do in celebrating and saluting Mao in their victory? They raised clenched fists in a salute to Mao. There's an iconic painting out there of Mao where he stands with a clenched fist. And the painter, the artist, actually describes it as being a symbol of communist authority and power and victory. He says this, Mao's clenched fist depicts his revolutionary will. The history of the symbol here in the United States goes back at least to 1936, when the Convention of the Communist Party was held in New York City. They had 20,000 delegates then. And what did they do? They saluted with a clenched fist. The Socialist Party of America and the Socialist Democratic Federation, both formed in the 1930s, likewise meets and celebrates by raising a clenched fist as a form of a salute. I could go on and on and on. The clenched fist salute is a socialist emblem, a communist emoji. It is a symbol that stands for the redistribution of power. It stands for class conflict. It stands for us against them. It stands for I deserve mine. It has been emblematic of movements from the early 1930s all the way up to the 1960s. The Black Panther Party, a raised clenched fist. Black nationalism, a raised clenched fist. Huey Newton, Bobby Seale, the Black Panther Party, Malcolm X, Chai Guevara, Karl Marx, Vladimir Lenin, Mao Zedong, all of them employed a raised clenched fist. This should cause you concern. You can't just look at this emoji and think, well, isn't that cute? Isn't that nice? We're all going to march in solidarity The clenched fist is really an innocent symbol of unity and equity. That's not what is intended by that. These people that are using it as emblems for their organizations know what it means. This is a Sapian language, a Sapian symbolism that means something to them. And if you don't educate yourself to understand what they intend it to mean and what they're intended outcome is, you are going to be nothing but a useful idiot under their direction. It's probably true that for the average American out there that the clenched fist is just a cool, faddish fist pump. It's simply a cry for racial justice and equality. That's probably true. That's probably why this particular emoji didn't even catch the attention of whoever was posting it at this Christian college. But the simple fact is that many young people and even certain conservative politicians fail to see the reality before their very eyes. And they're embracing this hand gesture, regardless of its intention. But it validates, this gesture validates the Asapian nature of the symbol in American culture. And it's a symbol that has meaning and intent, and the people using it on their official websites know what they're saying, and they're laughing at you. And it's time that we recognize that this fist means something, and that it's always meant something. 
And what it means is not positive. It stands for division. I'm going to say it again. It does not stand for unity. It stands for dividing the United States of America, not uniting us further than what we already have been. The United States of America, we are a constitutional republic. We're not a radical democracy because we do not believe that you can clench your fist in your quest for power in a quest to just get 50.001% of the populace to vote for your overthrow of our constitutional republic. That is why we are a republic and not a democracy. Because this fist represents the danger of radical democracy. Because a radical democracy will result in socialism where the masses will rise up and vote themselves the public purse, thinking that's what justice and equality is all about. But that isn't what our Constitution guarantees you. Our Constitution guarantees you that you can live within the self-evident truths that are endowed to you by your Creator, and that you are guaranteed life and liberty and the right to pursue purpose, happiness. Nothing else is guaranteed to you. You are guaranteed life and liberty, the protection of life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. You are told that those things are guaranteed to you constitutionally because those things are endowed to you by your creator, not granted to you by your government or by a majority vote. A raised fist of socialism, of communism, of the overthrow of the American way of life and American values, a diminishment of those values under the guise of this clenched fist, suggesting that these values are simply the negative byproduct of colonialism and imperialism and white supremacy. This is a negative message of division. It is not a message of unity. And it is not the message that Christians or conservatives or any people that care about human liberty should be tweeting or defending on Facebook. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. And the truth about this raised fist is that it stands for communist overthrow of the American way of life. And you know what? That way of life has proven itself to be a lot better than Vladimir Lenin's or Mao Zedong's. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.